0: You can't handle the truth! Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this.
1: And totally redeem yourself!
0: (laughs) You're gonna need a bigger boat. Get away from her, you bitch! The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club.
2: Beyond.
0: Motherfucker.
1: Hello and welcome to the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Manny
0: Manuel, and I'm Kyle Robertson,
2: and I'm Oriana Danucci. Holy what? shit! Whoa! <laughs>
0: What's going on here? <laughs> oh man!
2: I didn't mean to surprise you guys. I'm so I'm, sorry. Wow! I have a stranger in my home. That's 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 a little far fetched.
1: <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Oriana. Hi. A last minute addition and a welcome addition to for the podcast. Sure. I mean,
2: we need some feminine energy in here. I'm sure.
1: Very much so. For sure. Very much so. <laughs> we uh, we got uh, we got word earlier this week that you were uh, hoping to come here and uh, and just not have to kind of be away from Kyle for too long because we know we've how long he, he you, well you know full well how well how long he can talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Just be
2: sitting in the other room anxious, Yeah, looking at the clock.
1: So we gave you some options. I said, she's more than welcome to come over. I'm like, <laughs> I, can, I can show her how to put on a movie, and she can watch a movie while we record. <laughs> or, if she's open to it, she can join us on the podcast. Kyle said, I'll float the idea before. Next thing I know, we have a new guest on the podcast. Why not? Welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm Hi. so excited to break you in. And this is your first podcast ever.
2: Ever. I've never done this before, so this is exciting.
1: Wicked. You're killing it so far oh thanks <laughs> oh, thank <you. laughs> um, so we're gonna get to know you a little bit so okay. our listeners uh, like I said all twelve of them yeah. can uh, to learn something about you uh, easy question go for it N- tell me some of your favorite movies
2: oh easy um uh, midnight in Paris interesting yeah it was two thousand eleven was a strong year for me um west side story that's kind of what got me into film yes the original nice we the, reviewed that for the podcast i don't want to talk about the remake
1: i do, i definitely want to talk about the remake. <laughs> oh i have
2: i feel so many feel so many ways about it um it was so hollywood <laughs> it was just it wasn't a play anymore i feel like the original was just i think there's some additions to the new one that were really nice and welcomed for mm-hmm. sure but um yeah the original is just a classic, and it's the music is phenomenal, and it's what got me into the love of film when Perfect. I watched it when I was younger. Awesome. Yeah, those awesome. are a couple of the, and then Ten Things I Hate About You for sure oh, has to movie. be in there. <laughs> I just had to throw it in. Fucking love that movie. It's so yeah, good. No, I just, <laughs> I fucking really love good. that movie. I love that movie. Fun
1: fact: I'll I'll share it with you. I've shared it on the podcast before. Yeah. That movie opened the same weekend in 1999 as a truly iconic film, and Ten Things I Hate About You is the one I chose to watch on opening weekend. I went and saw this other very famous film a few days later. Which one was it? The Matrix.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yep.
1: I went and saw 10 Things I Hate About You over The Matrix. But one has a
2: better soundtrack, and it's 10 Things I Hate About You.
1: That I agree with. (laughs)
2: It's such a good soundtrack. Yeah. (laughs) And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I had a crush on in high school.
1: Do you still have a crush on him?
2: Not so much. I've, like, grown out of that phase. Like, you know, people, you know, there was the Justin Bieber phase for people. There was the One One Direction phase for people. I loved Joseph Gordon-Levitt which is so specific. And I
0: picked um, up right where you left off. That's yeah, like I, st-
2: I stopped being, <laughs> <laughs> but yours is Ryan Gosling.
0: Okay, yeah. Ryan yeah. Gosling above Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I love JGL.
2: Yeah, big fan. such a big fan. Big fan. I, just really vibed with all of the work that he did when he was, he made books and stuff. Awesome. Anyway.
1: What are some movies that you dislike?
2: Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. I tend to stray away from the movies that I think I'll dislike. Because <laughs> I don't like disappointment. But I guess that's mostly for humanity. Um I don't know. What movies? Oh my god, we we just recently watched Leprechaun. That was so bad. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. That was a really bad one. Um
0: Yeah, I think I I've brought a lot of bad movies into your life.
2: For sure. Yeah. Um, just out of the sake of wanting to watch them, I just there's been some that I just haven't really enjoyed. I'm all trying right,
0: to think. That's alright. Uh,
1: who are some actors that you enjoy?
2: Oh, um, and actresses, by the way. Yes, I I kind of assumed okay. it was it was both when you said it. Um, I kind of use the word interchangeably as well. Yep. Um, I love Lupita Nyong'o. <gasps> She's one of my favorites of all time. I love her so much. I love her so much. Um, Us is also one of my faves. I haven't seen it. <gasps> yeah, that's right. No. Yes. Uh, it was a. Um, it's. I think it's my personal favorite of his films. Of his films. Three? Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the ones that I feel like... I think I think uh, um, Us re- requires a lot of rewatches. Not in a bad way. Not not in a bad way at all. I feel like no. you totally get the film the first time, but I feel like I get more from it every single time I watch I it. I know
1: lots of movies like that.
2: I love it. Yes. And I also felt like she deserved an Oscar nomination that year. That's from, all I've heard. Yeah. Yes. I, it's just Like, I was so livid. <laughs> but anyway um she's like one of my faves and then i think over the last four five years ever since the favorite i've really grown to love emma stone a lot more Mm -hmm. um actors you know men are great (laughs) i just can't think of it i just can't think of it no there's so many there's so many great actors but those are the two that okay
1: i like that are there any actors that you dislike uh-oh. Um,
0: Uh-oh. There's a hot taking coming.
1: I think. Is there a hot take no, coming. No, no.
2: I just, if you, no. Dan, if
1: you say Dan Lewis, we're going to throw hands. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh,
2: any actors that I dislike? I think like, oh, I know, I know the actor. Okay. Um, And why is his name escaping me at the moment?
1: Movie he's in. Oh, he's
2: Oh, my God. What's his name? Comedic? Dramatic? Mm, yeah, a little a little bit of both. Okay. He he plays he played wasn't he the Joker also? What's his name? Keith Ledger? No no no. Nick Jared Little? Nick, no no Nick uh Nichols Nichols
1: Jack Nicholson?
2: Jack Nicholson. Oh. Thank what? you. Wow. Oh. Thank you. That is a hot take. <laughs> Thank you. Um I it's, I think he's probably a good actor, and I've seen films that he's been in and Pro- recognized him probably as being probably a good actor. No, no, like I think he is hmm. a good actor, but he creeps me out. There's this word that in like Italian dialect called scheef. Like he scheeves me out. Right. Like It's just like so visceral. Okay. <laughs> I guess that means he's doing a good job. But
1: Well, I guess it depends on the films you have watched. Yeah. I can definitely understand like the creep vibe if you're watching a lot of his later in life roles. Mm. If you watch a lot of his stuff from the 60s and 70s,
2: yeah i think i started i think i've seen his 90s stuff okay some early 2000s stuff. so
1: like as good as it gets yeah uh, something's got to give yes yeah
2: but i think like not the 60s and 70s so i i i respect classic okay. actor good actor yeah creeps me out okay. a okay
1: so your your experiences with him probably don't really include most of his oscar or no or, they don't or, yeah. they don't okay. they definitely don't all right then i can i can understand your uh, your feelings on them <laughs> yeah
2: good actor i don't want to watch a movie with him
1: okay that's fair
2: um what's the last movie to make you cry oh, so, <laughs> so many um
0: did that that one get you she predicted that a movie would make her cry which recently. one was it con air in the <laughs> <laughs> Cause
2: you? i didn't know which movie did i recently see in theaters two days ago no, it didn't make me no. cry. Was that The, that was the yeah, Hunger Games? Yeah, it didn't make me cry. In fact, I didn't like it as much as Kyle did. Yeah. Um, and I love The Hunger Games. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's definitely a movie between now and Barbie, but I feel like I'm just going to say Barbie made me cry for sure. But there's definitely was something else I just can't remember off the top okay. of my head. Cool.
1: All right. Um,
2: that should be good i feel like i'm so sorry i feel like i answered them kind of long
1: no no No. we usually we give everybody some prep time on that
0: so you did really well yeah you're just thrown to the wolves
1: yeah basically threw you in the deep end for sure um all right i have a thank you to uh give out and that is to my co-host kyle for being here last week (laughs) there we go helping me out with what movie did we watch?
2: can't even remember what was Dante's Peak
1: right that's why I've forgotten it
0: (laughs) oh come on you said
2: that Kyle told me you didn't like it
0: yeah I didn't like it yeah I've never watched it
2: it sounds so fun though I love the title it
0: it? it, yeah it's fun it's it's totally fine does it have anything to do
2: with Dante's Inferno (laughs) it does not I mean that's a little disappointing no
0: like not really (laughs) don't fucking stretch (laughs) no no okay got it they were just having some fun they were having some fun yeah
2: got it so, the, was there anybody named Dante in it? No. No. Was there a mountain named Dante? Yes, yeah. there was. Got it.
1: Okay. A mountain named Dante's Peak. For sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm understanding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for stepping in last week. Uh, we had to reschedule twice. Oh, yeah. A uh, couple shifts to get you in there. And then you're back this week, which, again, I truly appreciate. Uh, and you brought some friend along. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into a couple weekly questions this one got answered because it was posted on our Spotify so I have an answer to read out as I've said to everybody if you answer our Spotify question on Spotify I will read it out loud on air so this week's question there are two of them like I said is what's your favorite Mark Wahlberg film the answer we got is from past and future guest and all time appearance leader Jordan Spires uh, her favorite Mark Wahlberg film is The Italian Job ooh yeah that's a ooh. great answer alright and Kyle, what is your favorite
0: Mark Wahlberg film? Um, so my, like, my reflex answer, though it's not a Mark Wahlberg film, it's he's just in it, is The Departed. Okay. Um, But I was reminded by Ariana that he's actually in The Fighter. The Fighter. And that. That gave me pause because it's more of his movie. I agree. And so I think that's the fair answer is okay. The Fighter. Cause, because he's the star. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I like that. Awesome. Oriana?
2: But yeah, I think like I, when we talked about it, I was like, but Kyle, The Fighter, what the heck? <laughs> but then I was like, I did really like it with The Demar. But now you're saying the Italian job. <laughs> like, oh, damn. It's so funny, though. Can I just say that none of, I, I don't know what your answer is, Manny, but like. No, at no point did I think about saying Ted <laughs> and he okay. it twice and that is literally his it's just him on the screen and an animated bear yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's funny I think that's but funny it, it's funny but he's better than that
2: but yeah. I actually think I well I think this says something that both you and I I mean Italian Job is action comedy a little a little drama and a flared in there but I feel like uh,
0: Italian I, Job is a little bit of a hot take though I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't think as you, so. As, think
2: a, it, as
1: a favorite, Mark Wahlberg. film? It yeah, feels,
2: it's such a good film, though.
1: I think it's a hot take if I think it's a hot take if people are stupid enough to say The Departed is their main answer, well, because I yeah. like if they want to, and we get into this. Does Oriana know about the draft game that we play? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It oh, infuriates like, her. It
2: infuriates me.
1: <laughs> oh, you have no idea. No, no,
2: but I could never do it because I, I actually would get so infuriated about it. Like I would never participate
1: uh do you want to know how bad it gets my best friend quit oh be- yeah because that's how mad he got he's like i can't take it anymore.
2: i can't take i cannot take it i yeah. hate it yeah
1: <laughs> where was i going with that? oh yes uh so we've had numerous uh drafts based on an actor and it's their films and there's numerous times where someone has played a movie where they had like had a cameo and i'm like fucking bullshit like that's not a film of theirs yeah no technically it is they were in the movie but yeah so multiple infuriations so Mm -hmm. if people want to say their favorite Mark Wahlberg film is The Departed I think what you're telling me right there is you don't think much of him as an actor if you're picking a movie that he's in in a very minor role as as your favorite film of his means that you don't really like him as a performer
2: I think that's fair yeah but what what interests me about the departed role because I do think he did well but did. it wasn't his film
1: got an Oscar nomination for
2: it yeah and 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 the fighter is that I prefer Mark Wahlberg in dramatic roles like yeah. I I do he I, has I done
0: a slew of comedy
2: he's done I think he's done mostly comedy and then a little bit of drama twinkled in there but like I I don't know I I, I feel like he chooses roles that reflect a part of kind of his story or the people he knows or like the places he's from. And I think it helps. And I, I really, I I vibe. I like him in the dramatic roles. All right. I'd probably choose the fighter though.
1: The fighter. Okay. So I kind of broke mine down into kind of sections in kind of the way that we were just kind of talking. So I have my favorite film where he's the star. Mm -hmm. I have my very guilty pleasure Mm -hmm. where he's the star. I have my favorite where he's the supporting actor. And then I have what I think is the best movie he's in, but I don't think he's good in it.
2: Okay, I'm very keen to hear that.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. Okay, so we'll start with, let's go with my favorite uh, guilty pleasure. Uh, It's this horrible movie called Rockstar. Yeah. It is bad. (laughs) I fucking love it. Nice. Absolutely Love it. Is Emma
2: Stone in that movie too? No,
1: Jennifer Aniston.
2: Jennifer Aniston. Okay, yes. yeah.
1: So he is set in the 80s, and this hair metal band, the lead singer, is fired. And the band is looking for a new band. He's like a super fan. I don't remember how he got discovered, but he comes on board as the new lead singer. And then, you know, it's all 80s rock, so he loses his mind doing... <laughs> stupid rock star things and it's it's a really bad movie and i fucking love
0: it nice i mean, Ab- it, absolutely love it it sounds fun yeah. yeah yeah but it also sounds like it could be quite bad
1: my favorite movie he's in in a supporting role is the 2000 disaster film the perfect storm mm-hmm. with george clooney
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: john c riley william fichtner and the other guy whose name I never remember <laughs> who was in Winter's Bone and a small role in Miami Vice and I can see his, uh, his last name is Hawks. John Hawks. John Hawks. Finally got it. That's Fuck nice. you. You had the same problem last week. I really <laughs> did. My, I think the best movie that Mark Wahlberg is in where I think he is not good is Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh.
2: Well, because Boogie Nights is such a good movie.
1: Boogie Nights is a spectacular film.
2: Yeah, and then he's just there.
1: <laughs> he's not good <laughs> at all. Uh, but my favorite movie where he is the star is The Italian Job. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's a good movie. It's so
0: fun. It's so much fun.
2: It is so much fun. Yeah, I, don't I know. haven't watched it in ages. I'd love to rewatch it though. I watched it when I was a kid. But...
0: I like recently rewatched it, and I don't know what it was, but like I realized partway through I'd already seen it, and then I just like. Like it just it it, I just forgot it quickly, Mm -hmm. you know? And as I obviously did the first time. And it was good and I can't even I can't remember what I rated it, but like it's it's not bad. But yeah. Oh don't stick. Don't get me
1: wrong. Like I'm not gonna go to bat for this movie. If somebody's like that movie sucks, I'd be like that's That's totally that's totally fair. Yeah. It's a fun, silly little action movie. I just think the cast has great chemistry. It has my Girlfriend in it, Charlie stern who I am obsessed with. Wow! And then, how long
2: have you guys been together?
1: Uh, I would prefer not to say on air. Okay, I to tell No, you that air. was a far reach I, of a I question. I just don't so want. I, I don't want people to know and get jealous. Yeah,
2: that's for sure. Yeah.
1: But I'd say roughly, what oh, would that be around? <laughs> since 1996, <laughs> 97. Wow. After I started Two Days in the Valley. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, uh, you are the one for me. So definitely common <laughs> law for sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 I allow her to see other people on yeah, the side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah we have an open relationship so um (laughs) the fight i the fighter is definitely was like my number two Mm -hmm. the fighter is an absolutely brilliant film so good the my only complaint i shouldn't even say it's a complaint it's so funny people like i love the fighter where he is the main character but he's so overshadowed by christian (laughs) Bale. i was just about to say (laughs) i
2: was just about to say i was like i I, we just watched um the trailer for it the other day i was just like reminding myself and i was like Yeah, Christian Bale. So much focus on Christian Bale. Yeah, because he's Because he's he's Christian (laughs) Bale. Yeah. He's so good. And he also like physically always gets into the role Mm -hmm. and it's it's eye-catching. Anyway.
1: All right, the other weekly question probably shouldn't spark much debate, I'm hoping. uh, And that is, what is your favorite Jurassic Park film? Uh, Jordan, again, was the only person to answer. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, And her response is, And I quote, the only correct answer is the first one.
0: (laughs) Kyle, your favorite Jurassic Park slash world film. Yeah, I was going to say I like how you forgot to add the slash (laughs) world the first time. um, Because I was going to say one of the world ones. You are not going to say one (laughs) of the fucking world ones. No, it's clearly the first one. I, I haven't seen the second or third, but I just don't think there's any way they could hold a candle. I've seen all of the world ones, and it was not worth it. And... Here we are. I watched... The only reason is because... Like, I had given up, and then they shot one in Kamloops. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it then. <laughs> and that was kind of fun. But... Was it? Uh, was it? I always like seeing, seeing, you know, the hood on on film.
1: Yes, I guess it's somewhat true.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely the first one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ariana?
2: I could see... A person liking the second one. What? Like, I can see a person liking the second Jurassic Park. There's a world in which I could see that. <laughs> it's not my pick. I'm just saying, in general, it's the first. It has to be the first. It's the best. <laughs> but I could see a world in which somebody liked the second film. However, you can't see any world. You can't see any world. I think we just th-
1: reviewed it two weeks ago.
2: Oh, yeah? Well, oh, I'd love to hear the review. I just remember, like, not hating it. But I know that some second films, even though they're not as good as the fil- first film, have a kitschy kind of cult following to them so i could see a world in which somebody liked it but okay. the first one's so much better
1: so i would love it if you listen to the episode you can for hear sure. me and sam break it down but here's a quick recap i used to love the second one and i used to go There's used the to, world i used to go i used to go to bat for it
2: there we go and
1: then i watched it
2: again and then, yeah
1: <laughs> and then i was like oh it's not good
2: well i don't think it has to be good for somebody to go for to bat for it to be the best to be their best dress.
1: like I, I, I never went to bat for saying it's the best like yeah. <laughs> Slow your roll right there. <laughs> not, not, it never approached the first one. The for first sure. one is a literal masterpiece. It's actually so good. A really? masterpiece. You Heard watch it, it time and time again. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, and hot take. Jurassic Park is good. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the second one, I always remembered enjoying it a yeah, lot and yeah. then when we reviewed it for the podcast i'm like i was wrong yeah no i get that <laughs> it was not good i probably would share the same opinion <laughs> it had some really great things in it yeah but it's not good
2: for sure awesome
1: all right let's get oh nope that's not what we're getting into unfortunately we're gonna roll back a little bit and uh every once in a while we like to pay tribute to someone uh that helped contribute to this art form that we all love and we do an in and we lost somebody that means a lot to a lot of people for various reasons uh, and that person is Andre Brower. Brower Did I say that right? I think I, I did. Brauer. I
0: actually noticed on IMDb just before this that it says it's pronounced Brogger. Brogger. The yeah. G is hard. The G is hard. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that was a joke in his, like, IMDb page or if that's accurate. Okay. But it definitely said phonetically Brogger. Okay. So All right. I'll
1: try to say Brogger from now on.
0: Yeah. It feels wrong.
1: It does feel wrong, <laughs> but whatever. It's not like he's here to complain. So, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> starting <laughs> off the In Memoriam with Grace.
1: Um, Kyle, what is your experience with this actor?
0: Primarily Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. That's like the big one. Yep. Um, I have seen Salt and Passengers, which he's in both. Okay um but if i didn't watch brooklyn Nine Nine, i wouldn't n- really know of him at okay. all or recognize him but he is just like absolutely incredible in his role on there and, it doesn't surprise me yeah he he kills it he's just he he's like the comedic glue that holds all of the other characters together mm-hmm. in the series like they can all play off of each other just fine but all of them have great chemistry with him and and so um little little malfunction in the seat there <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah he he like it, i mean without him that show would be hurting um he he really just knocked it out of the park and i love and appreciate his work in that awesome
2: yeah i mean i have nothing more to, but to echo that i mean i yeah I, I haven't watched i mean i've watched both of those films that you said but i again i don't feel like i really rec like rem- remembered his performances until i, well, I saw him on brooklyn 99 and i haven't watched the entire show from start to finish but i have watched many of the episodes in each season and um yeah he's a am- he's amazing i mean the whole cast is amazing and so to whomever casted that show phenomenal job but i think he is in fact the backbone and the spine and that is what his character is as well but god he's so funny i love him he's so funny in that show he's hilarious
1: which is which is on its own funny to me uh i have for those wondering i've never watched the show uh all the roles that i prefer him in he it's heavy dramatic
2: oh so i'd love to see him in a drama i want to i want to watch one of them because i think that's so fun all the
1: ones that i've i've seen him in he's he's never been the lead he's always a supporting character Mm -hmm. and he's always someone that has remained very memorable to me Mm -hmm. in those roles so i know when in some of the roles that he's done i can see little flashes of how he could be brilliant in a comedy um, because of the way he delivers his lines the intensity he has as an actor and so i can just tell and from everything i've heard like he's just one of the best parts of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and that doesn't surprise me. I've always found him to be a very engaging actor and someone I always like when I see him on screen. So I have my top four favorite performances. I could squeeze in a fifth, but in all honesty, I'd just be throwing it in there to make five because, one, he's not that consequential in that movie, and that movie sucks ass, so I wanted to go with four. (laughs) Uh, So my number four favorite performance of his uh, is in a movie called She Said, and he plays uh, Dean Beckett. I think it's pronounced. He's basically an editor on there, and he's not in very much, but he carries the gravitas that you want like a newspaper editor to have, someone that just has respect in the room. As soon as you walk in, you just kind of sit up looking at him, and you kind of feel like you should be almost standing at attention in his presence. He's very supportive uh, of the two girls in it. I don't know if you've seen the movie She Said. Uh, it is the true story of, the uh, uncovering of the Harvey Weinstein scandal uh, absolutely brilliant film yeah. absolutely brilliant film Yeah, absolutely loved it highly recommend it um, he's got his, his role is very small but he's very good in it uh, my number three performance is in a romantic drama it's definitely not a rom-com there are elements of comedy in it uh, but it is more of a romantic drama more romantic than drama so it's not like trying to think like I guess Titanic would be a romantic drama is not at that level Uh, the movie is called City of Angels and he plays Mm -hmm. an angel called uh, Cassiel uh, who is uh, I guess you could say best friends with Nicolas Cage nice uh, in that movie Uh, the movie is about an angel who falls in love with a human so Nick Cage falls in love with Meg Ryan and I'll leave it there Uh, the movie is enjoyable and worth a watch I have not watched it since the late 90s when it came out. I'm very excited to revisit it. Uh the one thing I do know about City of Angels is that one song on the soundtrack is a really great song by Alanis Morissette that I can't remember what it's called. It's, I think it's on her second album, not Off Jacket or no, sorry. Little Pill is her second little album, her third album. Uh Unwanted, that's the name of the song. Uh Unwanted, something like that. Fantastic track. Uh City of Angels definitely worth a watch. Uh, he's again a minor character but you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen my second favorite performance is in a underseen science fiction science science fiction movie called Frequency Uh, he plays Satch de Leon Satch de Leon? yeah it's cool like that Mm -hmm. Um, Frequency is a story of a um, a man in the present day who finds his dad's old uh, CB radio and there appears to be something wrong with it, so he fixes it during an Aurora Borealis, and he ends up being able to talk to his dead father in the past. Um, Jim Caviezel plays present day, and in in the past uh, is played by Dennis Quaid. Satch um, is Dennis Quaid's best friend. Dennis Quaid, like I said, passed away, so when they grow older, Satch is now friends with uh, his son. It's a... Really great and enjoyable uh, science fiction film. I won't give away anything else because there are some twists and turns and reveals in there. 100% worth a watch. Uh, I've always loved that film. Uh, that's Frequency. But easily my number one favorite performance from Andre Brar is, I think, his, um, his on-screen debut uh, in a movie called Glory, where he plays uh, Corporal Thomas Cyril – Cyril – Cyril – Cyril – Cyril <laughs> – whatever i'm horrible with last names tonight uh free his brethren in the south he plays he is uh, a very well-educated um african-american man which is very rare back then and so he is kind of almost as well ostracized within his own community because back then african-americans were very poorly educated shocker you know it's hard to educate you when you're in slavery <laughs> So uh, it's a really great movie. My only complaint about Glory is that the lead actor is woefully miscast. Um, it, is, uh, yeah, it is a white man who was put in charge of this regiment, uh, and it's Matthew Broderick. And I'm sorry. I just have a hard time believing Ferris Bueller as a Civil War um, soldier. It's, yeah. uh, while he is fine and adequate, everyone else around him is so incredibly good. This is actually also the movie where Denzel Washington won his first actor, his first Oscar story in a supporting role. He is magnetic on screen. Uh, it's also the same year, uh, it's one of the three films Morgan Freeman did that year, which is a great year, it's 89. He did Glory, Driving Miss Daisy, which he got an Oscar nomination for, and a movie I absolutely love called Lean on Me. Um, great year for Morgan Freeman. It is a really great movie, 100% worth checking out. Just be prepared to not really enjoy too much of what Matthew Broderick's doing. It's not that he's bad. It's just that you can see how below the standard bar. he is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Below the bar he is to everyone else, especially yeah. like Andre Brower, Morgan Freeman, and Denzel Washington. Denzel I mean, is that's, yeah. absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, There's there's one scene and you'll know it when you see it. You're like, oh, that's where he won his Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's, those are our thoughts on Andre Brogger.
0: Brogger. I suppose. I, that sounds it, weird it, to me. It feels like, like, it also feels like he would put that in there. Yeah. To have a little laugh at people.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thank you, uh, Andre, for everything you did uh, to bring us joy and happiness and to increase and make the art form that we love uh, even better. Let's get to what we've been watching. Kyle, you've been a busy boy. Not
0: as as busy as usual on the movie front. I've been uh, burning the candle at both both ends, um, but not for movies, which is the usual. Um, But I did squeeze in four in the last week.
1: I love how you squeeze in four.
0: Oh, yeah. When you go from, uh, I mean, it's usually like 12 to 13 uh, a week for the last few months here. Um, But when you go from that to four, it really feels... uh, like something is wrong in the force <laughs> there's been a disturbance um but anyway i finally got around to john wick chapter 4 oh fun yeah i so john wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table but before he can earn his freedom wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes um i liked this movie a lot okay but there was a time in the first half where i i was like oh no it's not gonna be as good as the others and then it redeemed itself and i don't know why i felt like that okay um i feel like it's possible that the combat like they've kind of pushed that style of combat maybe not as far as it can go but They've pushed it really far. I agree. You know, there's only so many times you can use the same props or the same I mean, we're seeing dogs again and you know, we're it's getting a little bit repetitive, mm-hmm. but it's they're repeating themselves. Like it's not like they're ripping anybody off other than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um so I think there was just a little bit of it where it's like, you know, maybe maybe they're done maybe this is like maybe they reached the the best they could and now they can just all they can do is do it again and that that's that's fine and it was never going to be a bad movie but yeah somewhere somewhere in the in the middle it got my attention again and okay. they started doing some some fun and fresh stuff i think they it's not it's not like you're watching John John Wick for the plot, but they got a little bit fancier with the plot than usual, and they didn't do as much of, like I mean I know you had a pretty big problem with was it the second or the third movie yes where and, yes and yes yeah oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yes 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 um and yes. so yeah some of the some of the I mean they kind of did it again with the I won't spoil it but there's some things that you know push the boundaries of belief sometimes. And I think that they rode the balance pretty well. I mean, I never had a huge problem with it uh, previously, but you know, this was fun and you get a really, a really fun performance from Mr. Skarsgård coming in just like, I felt like he had a blast playing that role. Just like constantly angry man. Mm -hmm. And he did a great job, Um, but I I really enjoyed it. Ended up giving it a a four in the end. Nice. Yeah. did you
1: watch this oriana
2: which movie again i <laughs> blanked out
0: john wick chapter Four.
2: Oh, uh, we were still talking about john wick um uh <laughs> wow. no i haven't watched it because i watched i haven't i didn't watch any of the john wick franchise till kyle and i we, we watched it you did like you actually watched it with me for the first time this year um and hey, we watched we one see. and two yeah. so and we were making our way through it and we never finished, okay. but it, yeah. it was good. I was like shocked. Right. I just like didn't know. It was like I know people were like John Wick, and I was like okay. <laughs> and then I watched John Wick. I was like wow, some of the best action sequences I've seen on film. I loved the action stuff. It was so good. They completely changed the car the work was good. Really, really loved it. The first one was great. The second one I didn't like as much. The story wasn't as good. Um, it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Keanu Reeves coming into the action genre twice to completely. Re- revolutionize the, the whole actions genre a series of films. Three, Three times. times.
2: Which one?
1: Speed, Matrix, oh, John Wick.
0: Let's yeah, I guess okay. Speed Two. I Fair haven't enough. seen that one. Not Speed Two. No, Speed, Speed as, as well. <laughs> <laughs> we had this discussion last week. Oh yeah. my god, that's like
2: the Fast and the Furious naming their film <laughs>
1: No, Speed. Oh. Like he's not. He's in Speed. Yeah. He's not in Speed Two.
2: Oh, yeah. but it's is speed two called speed as well?
1: No, it's called speed two. Oh, oh man, he was
2: he, he said. I speed thought it was two. called speed as well, and no. was like, wow, these no, people no, no, no. are out here naming films like this, aren't they?
0: <laughs> that would no. be such a good name for a, that, a well, sequel. the Fast
2: and the Furious does that all the time. Stolen,
1: <laughs> Mine now. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I really enjoyed John Wick four, chapter four. Uh, I did not like John Wick chapter two or three. I was bored out of my mind. Uh, I, I just so shocked that they built this whole franchise out of that first film, which was a perfectly enjoyable action film about a guy who goes revenge because they killed his dog.
2: It was so simple. Yeah. It was yeah. so good.
1: Yes, and I agree, and I like that. And but the, them trying to build out this lore. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. I, I remember watching the second one, and I was like, I don't believe any of it. Like, And it just felt all way too convoluted. Yes. So convoluted. No, but see, the reality is, is you don't. <laughs> I could just turn off the television. I could just not stream a movie. Well, here's the thing. Or not go to the movie theater.
0: I bought into it, and I enjoyed four movies. Well, so. uh-huh. and, that's, and,
2: and that's
1: what, and, and like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. My, like, my problem with it, I have two major problems with the franchise. Number one, uh, is anybody in the world not an assassin? There are so many assassins in this world. Everywhere, like, he walks down the street, and half over half the people are assassins. Homeless guy, assassin. Guy in the bus, assassin. They're all assassins. Everywhere he goes, assassins. So, that makes no sense to me. I'm sorry.
2: But what about if it's, like, they're building off of that theory of, like, you know, you've never heard the name blank before, but suddenly you hear it, and now everybody's named blank. You know what I mean? Where, like, you just start seeing patterns a lot more when it gets introduced to you. Maybe they're playing off that bit. They're nice. definitely not. But for a devil's advocate versus... <laughs>
1: And the introduction of the bulletproof suit is something I just can no, I can't abide. I just the, can't abide it.
0: The bulletproof suit changes a lot in Chapter 4.
1: I don't care about it being believable. Like, I don't care about – like, I have no problem with that. You, you set up the world where your suit is bulletproof, that's fine. I, I will buy into it. But now that he has a bulletproof suit – there are no stakes in his fights. when did
2: when did he get a bulletproof suit in chapter 2 yeah. I missed on that um, like his Armani <laughs> suit is a bulletproof suit I don't know if it's Armani but
1: yeah, yeah. so okay. all he has to do in every gunfight is just lift his jacket over his head mm. and now he cannot be killed
2: I, I respect that I think that's a cheat
1: yeah so while the action is still great there are now no stakes mm-hmm. there is nothing anybody can do that will kill him and yes, I understand he's the main character, so his chances of being killed are slim to none.
2: But there's always that.
1: Yes. At least make it believable yeah. where I'm worried that he might die. Yeah, for sure. And so that was completely taken away from me. Yeah. And so I lost all interest. I totally get that. It. Now, other pe- obviously, I'm in the minority. This is a highly profitable franchise that people love and adore. Awesome. I'm happy for you. Please make more and allow more people to enjoy them. All for it. Sadly, because I've watched all four, that means if they make another, I will have to watch it <laughs> to be a complete, I'm a completionist and I hate it. Now, I'm not a completionist where I'll watch the fucking off show.
0: Yeah. I will- I,
1: I'm not that kind of completionist. You're not I'm not to super to- no, interested in that. I don't give a fuck about TV.
2: Question about Answer. the writers for the films. Mm-hmm. Were they the same writers? Different writers for different movies? Because Never I'm keen chat. to, I'm keen to figure that out because I wonder if it's just we need some fresh writers in the room.
1: I would, I'm going to assume that I believe the director's name is Chad Stahilski, who is a former stuntman, stunt yes. coordinator. Yeah. He has been the director of all four. This yeah. is his baby. Yeah. I would assume he has a heavy influence on the screenplay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if not a
0: actual credit. Yeah. That would be my guess.
2: Okay. So then we, we can't change too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. So for chapter four, we have... Shay Hatton and Michael Finch. Never heard of them. As the writers? As the screenplay. Okay. Let me, let me just confirm that this is real. Hold on. Oh, I can go-
2: it. Confirm it's real.
0: And Derek Kolstad. Derek Kolstad
1: wrote the first one. Okay. okay. So let's see if we have a... He has written all three, all okay. four. Okay, all right. There you go. He's, yeah. Also, you know, based on his characters,
0: apparently. Mm-hmm. I love that The when I was looking on IMDb for that, they put his name last on the fourth one.
2: <laughs> well, maybe he was less than it. Maybe. Like, to be maybe. fair.
0: But, I mean, if you wrote the other three.
2: <laughs> no, the thing is, like, if you wrote the other three but wasn't a key writer in it, they'd still have to put him as a writer because of what's, like, literally he did so much for the whole story and character. He'd have to get some form of already credit regardless. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: one thing I will say about John, sorry to cut you off. Oh, Uh, the one thing I'll say about John with chapter four is going into it. All i had heard from podcasts. I listened to other people is how it's one of the most exciting and reinvigorating action movies in a long time. Mm -hmm. Now I'll push back a little because for me, the best action movie I've seen, let's say in like the last five, six years uh, is mission impossible fallout that fucking that movie fucking rules so i was going into this very excited to see something so i went in with with high expectations because two and three had me i'm like i could give a fuck about chapter four i i wasn't even gonna watch it i was gonna like i don't my my completionist is okay i don't need to watch this i was bored and then i heard it was good and so when i watched it i was there's i don't know about four or five action scenes that are just jaw-droppingly good, with obviously the staircase being, in my Ugh. opinion, the highlight. Oh man! Uh, and then, like, I guess for lack of a better word, the, either the god's eye or bird's eye view of the apartment shootout was another really inventive action. So it, it ha- it did have, it completely captured my attention and had me. I'm not gonna say reinvigorated for the franchise, but at least left me. If they, if, when they make another one i won't be as hesitant to watch it that doesn't mean i'm gonna go see it in theaters but it'll probably make my watch list
0: yeah awesome okay all right what's next um next up also so one of two theater watches Ooh. for the last week godzilla minus one. Oh right um Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. So, this was really interesting. Okay. Um. Very much. Um. I went. I went with a friend who was very interested in Godzilla as a franchise and and everything. Um. But not north american godzilla Mm -hmm. and i have to agree like making godzilla a sympathetic character and everything in the newer movies kind of like takes away from the, the point of it a little bit um and this movie really went back to kind of the roots it is a japanese film and it's in japanese um but you know they they're really not like, Godzilla is a massive part of it. But really, the movie's about post war Japan. Mm-hmm. It's about the kind of like where society was at at the time, how the atomic bombs affected everything. Like, you know, it, it's like every facet of society changed. And there's people rebuilding after the bombs and after the war. And a lot about the kind of kamikaze mentality Mm -hmm. and the main character is a kamikaze pilot who made it back home which is like that's a no-no that's that's really bad (laughs) um and then you just kind of watch him navigate life after the war but he had an encounter with godzilla during the war and then godzilla um after the war has kind of uh grown and comes to attack Japan and it, it's all about this guy and Japan and their stories and Godzilla really just feels like an extension of the devastation of an atomic bomb like it's you know laying waste to cities and killing thousands in seconds and everything like that and it, it just it the parallels were drawn and it was done really really well um i ended up i think i gave it a 3.5 out of five but if i watched it again it could sneak up to a four i think there's just a couple parts where it um it might have been slightly overacted for me Mm -hmm. but also that could have been totally accurate to like the time Mm -hmm. um i have no idea um, and it also, like the story felt like it just like kind of stalled out in a couple spots where you're just like, like you're kind of hitting the same beat again and you're like, okay, we can we can move past that. But overall, it was really good. It, it looks really good. and the, the Godzilla monster is really well created and really well imagined. and so is the, the destruction that you see on screen. Like it's really well done. Um so yeah that was that was my thoughts there. There was some really annoying people in the theater with us though. That there was it was like so it's a small theater, but it was one of the theaters with like the recliner chairs and it's like super comfy. And there was one person alone in front of us and a couple behind us. And then two couples came in together like 8 to 10 minutes late. And they were kind of chatting. And they, you know, it seemed like they were talking about where they were going to sit and, like, where their seats were or whatever. And so everyone kind of just let it go. And they all sat together. I'm assuming they were a group. But one couple, totally silent, completely respectful of the theater experience. The other couple, talking, not quite at normal volume or anything, but talking through everything. And they went and sat next to everybody you know like they didn't sit somewhere far away so that maybe some chatter is not going to be picked up on like they sat right beside everyone else that was in the theater and it was like not many people <laughs> so um yeah my my friend had a really like one of the most aggressive shushes I've ever heard in my life. Can you give him a hug for me when you see him next? I will. Wicked. It scared the crap out of me because I hadn't really picked up on a lot of the conversation because I was really just like focused (laughs) in the beginning Um, because I realized very quickly that like I was expecting something a little closer to what I have known in recent North American Godzilla and Mm -hmm. it wasn't that and I was like, hell yeah focused but he he was very distracted and yeah scared the shit out of me when <laughs> he shut them um and then they were quiet for maybe a couple minutes and oh, started five, up six. again and he had to go over and and tell them to stop um, oh he went over there oh, too he went over, i yeah. fucking
1: love this man
0: yeah and then they did stop um but towards the end of the movie phones came out oh and sweet Yeah, we just didn't have at that point. We didn't have the energy. It was we knew the end of the movie was coming and just kind of let it be. But that was the part that annoyed me the most personally because the the screens were just happened to be like right in my eye line. It was Mm. it was annoying. But that might have hampered the experience a little bit. But still a really good movie. I would recommend checking it out if you have any inclination towards post-war japan or godzilla um in its japanese telling instead of north american 100 percent. this will this will deliver for you
1: all right mm-hmm. you didn't go see the story No.
2: no was good. working
0: she was going to come with us and then ditched us twice but
2: i was yeah. tired <laughs> i was tired um sounded good though i actually did want to watch it but that does sound
1: day. good i had no desire to see this until you talked about it yeah,
2: yeah. when he talked about it i was like oh actually i kind of like them going in that direction yeah um honestly i'll stream it though i feel like i'll get i i don't need to see this thing on a, i know it's like huge but i yeah, get it i could just like, watch it on tv if,
0: if you really want to appreciate the destruction theater is worth it For but sure. like if you I, care I, less I
2: about the destruction then yeah
0: i wouldn't be super hurt The only other thing I want to add is Godzilla was built like a dump truck. (laughs) Like, whoa. Uh, Yeah,
2: all Kyle had to say was his butt was... Thick. Thick.
0: He had a thick butt. Hella thick. Apparently. Yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Um, So this one we did watch together. We watched The Hunger Games, the new one, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I let me just read (laughs) we had we had some differing opinions
1: oh yes
0: um so coriolanus snow mentors and develops feelings for the female tribute of district oh let me start again okay (laughs) coriolanus Snow mentors and develops feelings for the female district 12 tribute during the 10th hunger games there we go all right um too many numbers in there kyle yeah it tripped me up i'm not good at math (laughs) <laughs> so I really, I, I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good extension of the universe of it all. Um, I felt like for me and I have already had some pushback on this, but I felt like none of what happened was disingenuous to the original trilogy of mm-hmm. books. Their telling of who Coriolanus Snow was mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. president. Okay. I thought that everything that they did in this movie felt genuine to that man. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it felt like definitely his origin story.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely his villain origin story, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, where we differ <laughs> is I felt like he wasn't the villain until like pretty far in, and Oriana felt that he was the villain pretty early in the
2: movie. Well, the thing is that I think that's a moot point because I think. We know he, we know he's the villain, we know the whole time he's the villain, like you could you could start for the film and he'd be a sweet boy, and I'm like, well, the man's the villain, like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I it's just like know a
0: film on baby Hitler like, like I just know
2: he's horrible, <laughs> it's like, like it's just horrible a
0: movie about Anakin Skywalker exactly yep <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> exactly, except I did love those movies, and I didn't think he was the villain, but I did think he was the villain around the same time I thought he Cor Cornel, Correate. Cornel, 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 Cornel,
0: coriolanus
2: coriolanus snow corio corio yeah they called him corio thank god um (laughs) (laughs) such a long name um no but like at the same time i feel like even when i watched the early like anakin's uh younger days yes um i felt like you saw a lot of inclinations you know in the early stuff and it's because you know he's the villain because you know he's the villain you see a lot of the things that they do dual sided without rose tinted glasses you know so I feel like when I watched this film I felt that there was some moments I thought there was you know soul for sure and then I think about one third in I saw a lot of tiny ulterior motives and the motives got really big as the movie kept going um but because I already knew he was a villain I saw those things whereas you know, in another film that I didn't know the person became the villain in the end, I probably would have also brushed it off uh, as this person being a good person. That's just our hot take. Those are our differences.
0: Yeah, I, I felt like they did a really good job playing him as sympathetic for as long as possible. And, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think the other notable thing because this is still in theaters, I don't want to talk too much about it, mm-hmm. the, the introduction of Lucy Gray is, who is the District 12 tribute, was really cool and they handled it really well good and um, good, good. i i'd like i also think her we both, costume was yeah obviously it's i want Games. that to the be everybody's halloween costume this next Because
2: um, halloween is so beautiful
0: yeah but we, i think we both had the same initial reaction to lucy gray which was pretty negative like I mean, we i i i was really unhappy with her first scene okay and i then, didn't love her first scene yeah yeah and then after that and it wasn't because of her or the act like the story or anything there's literally just like this one moment i think that it was I've, the direction
2: actually to be honest yeah
0: and i felt like it was a bit of a ripoff of the original. original movies but it's fine and the it, extremely well acted um music, character music and, is so good yeah
2: though those original songs that yeah. they kind of repeated but they didn't actually get boring. Yeah. One, because they're really good songs, so mm-hmm. you actually can listen to them more than once. But also, every scene that that song was in was either a different length of the tone of that music, a different version of that exact same song, or a very different tone of scene yeah. that that music was in. So it all felt very it was yeah. very good.
0: It It's really well connected to the other Hunger Games content out there. And I would also say it's really interesting to see the beginnings of the hunger games because we're so used to the like 74th 75th hunger games and this is the 10th yeah so it, it's a really cool difference if you're into hunger games this you'll this, you'll like
2: this. this is the point in the hunger games i actually thought because i had really wanted to read the book but i never read the book i read the originals but um i actually thought that this was kind of picking up at the first hunger games i didn't know but I didn't realize it was picking up at the 10th. And I really actually liked that because I think it was so interesting because they, they didn't have mentors yet, but this was the first year they had mentors. I'm, tr- I am do not want, I'm, I'm not really giving away too much, but, no. and also like, um, they didn't really have broadcasting too much or a host, you know, this was their first year with a host. So it was really fun to see the things that really made it what it is in the final film in in the, in the seventh to fourth or whatever. Um, and seeing them working through the m- big kinks that end up developing, becoming so intrinsic in the games, um, that you would have never thought they had without it. So it's, it's, it, that's, that was a really fun little thing. But anyway. Yeah. Awesome. yeah.
0: If you're into Hunger Games, you'll like it. So I'd say go watch yeah. it. It was worth theater experience. Yeah. You'll like
2: um, it. You might love it, but you'll definitely like it.
0: Yeah. I don't think you'll dislike it if you like the previous Hunger Games movies.
2: All right.
0: Yeah. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. All right. Ariana had a different <laughs> opinion. <laughs> what did you give it a three?
2: Well, a two? I, no, I do halves.
0: Oh, you do
1: halves.
2: So I gave it a three and a half.
1: You can do ha- you can do halves in this section.
2: Cool. You I can't do, do halves
1: th- in the main review. I think that's horrible.
2: Um, <laughs> you think it's horrible? I, I do think it's horrible. Horrible that
1: you don't do halves.
2: That you don't do halves.
1: Why? I just just out of curiosity.
2: You, you really need a half.
1: Well, then why don't just rate it out of ten?
2: Oh, because why rate it out of ten when you could just give it a half? <laughs> it's but the same do... argument i totally yeah. get why you could just rate it out of 10 yeah but if we're not rating it out of 10 then i want my half it so makes you basically just want
0: to rate it out of 10 is what you're telling me
2: no but see that's a little bit too much math i don't want to think too far ahead. well
0: here's my current <laughs> argument is Letterbox is either one through five or you use half marks like mm-hmm. there's no one through ten so and so there we go kind of
2: i feel like maybe kind of have to exactly using your out.
1: hands tell me how many different ratings you can give on Letterbox. i understand use your hands <laughs> Tell me how many okay. different ratings can you give on Letterbox? You
0: can give ten, Manny.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, like, what does it matter then? <laughs> if we're doing it out of five, then if you if you've chosen the five, you chose the five. So in that, yes, little flexibility.
1: No flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And okay. I'm happy to have this discussion again, which I've had, which I've had often with oh, a lot I'm of guests. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I understand why everyone wants flexibility. My main problem with doing half points or rating out of 10, everybody wants to give fucking sevens. They want sevens all fucking day.
2: A hundred percent. Yes. Because every, but, but there's also, I will also say, there's also a psych- psychological allure to the number seven. You lose that... Other psychological thing that just exists in this world of the number seven existing, you take it out, and now you're left with five. And so now, everybody could choose whatever number they want. There's no um, automatic draw.
1: No, everybody <laughs> wants to give <laughs> movies, ev- all movies. They want to give a seven because it's safe. They they want to give the seven. It's a seven. It's a seven out of ten. It's a seven out of ten. It's a seven out of ten. Fuck off.
2: What is I, it, what is a three then?
1: A three. So I wish Sam was here because Sam has the perfect explanation for it. Yeah, he does. So. For me, fives, they are not they can be either a masterpiece. Yeah. Like Lawrence of Arabia is a five. For sure. An undeniable five.
2: I don't know, I've never watched it.
1: It's cool. (laughs) Or it's a movie that you thoroughly enjoy start to finish and brings you nothing but joy. For sure. Could be a movie that is intrinsically horrible. But when you watch it, it fills you with this feeling of love. It's perfect to you. Yeah, it's perfect to you. Does not have to be a perfect film. So like Fucking Clerks is a five for me. Is that a good movie? Fuck no. Horrible. Horrible cinematography. Not good acting, but it's a five for me because when I watch it, it brings me nothing but joy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A four is a really great movie. Mm-hmm. There might be a couple things wrong with it. But overall, Overall, fantastic. absolutely great movie. A four is a movie that you will recommend to almost every person you meet.
2: Four is an amazing film with small imperfections. Three
1: is a good movie with a few problems. Two is a bad movie with a few good things. See, and a one is a bad movie.
2: You, you went from fantastic to good, and I want a great. And you know where great lives? In a 3.5. No.
1: It <laughs> lives in a three.
2: No. Yep. <laughs> we'll just differ. Yeah. I,
1: I totally get it. But I, I, want, I want people to make the decision. I don't, wa- don't want to make it easy for them. Make yeah. the decision. Is it a four or a three? Yeah. Is it a movie you're going to recommend to everybody? Or is it something you're only going to recommend to a few people? Yeah. Hard line
2: for sure. I also like forcing people into existential crises as well. So
1: do I. Yeah, and that's why at the very beginning of our show, I force Sam. We're doing him out of five, no <laughs> half points, <Okay. laughs> and he regrets. He regrets saying hard yes, hard, letting would, me have that win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would too. <laughs> and that's but I only I only enforce it on the podcast.
2: That's totally fine.
1: In in real our, life, in our chat group, in the mo- in the Manny Movie Club, half points galore
2: for sure. You're not, I mean, you're not a dictator, Manny. I
1: would love to be. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be. But yeah, I only enforce it on the podcast. (laughs) Everywhere else, go right ahead. But I do not ever give half points. Okay. Even outside the podcast.
2: You just can't. I take
0: the hard line. It's impressive commitment, but Uh, you're this far. So if you switch to half points, that would be kind of wild. It would be, yeah
2: he's a completionist he won't ever <laughs>
1: i'm stubborn asshole is what it is that's definitely another way to put it
0: <laughs> all right your fourth film fourth and final film we also watched this together which uh, was happiest season
2: oh it, oh nice. yeah oh yeah i watched it a few years back but brought it to kyle's awareness yeah it's great
0: so it is it's a
2: three and a half <laughs> honestly four for a christmas movie it's a four is it a Christmas movie? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I just haven't watched it in a long time. For some reason, I always think of it as a Thanksgiving movie.
0: It's a holiday romantic
2: comedy. Yeah, so definitely Christmas. Christmas. Yeah.
0: Um, so a holiday romantic comedy that captures the range of emotions tied to wanting your family's acceptance, being true to yourself, and trying not to ruin Christmas. Um, I
2: feel like that's so much more of a wholesome yeah way to say that say that movie i want dan levy to write the log line and then yeah. it'll be a little bit different
0: yeah that summary is a little um too wholesome it's just kind of taking a hop skip and jump over like the, <laughs> the main so funny. plot um but yeah it, it's really good i was super surprised i mean kristen stewart continues to uh be great be just great yeah um you know who was once the twilight person is mm. now mm. just a great actor um she's really continuously grown. stunning in uh, every role that she does and we've had this conversation before where it pays to have oscar caliber actors playing in comedy and rom-com and doing these roles in kind of traditionally movies where you'd expect to see worse acting mm-hmm and mm-hmm. this was that.
2: Well, there's definitely a correlation in the best Christmas movies also having the best actors like Love Actually. I mean come on. And then we also have um, the holiday. Also come on. Ten out of tens. Um <laughs> why, yes, I, you told me he doesn't like it, right?
1: You if you go t- if you go ten out of ten, the you la- have no- the you have holiday give nothing, nothing no, not no, not the holiday being a ten out of ten. You saying 10 out of 10 brings me nothing but joy. Yeah. If you want to go, it's a 7 out of 10, I'll be like, all right, I won't argue. You go three and a half, I start getting pissy. (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10. Beautiful. Um, I disagree with the rating, but.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. No. (laughs) It's so good. Um, But I I do think that's an important note is that, yeah, I think. Yeah. I like
0: Kristen Stewart's reactions to things are what elevate the movie. Itself to yeah, me, yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall it was like quite funny, quite well done. Story was good. I mean, it kind of suffers from a little bit of we we kind of had the conversation about Birdcage, where it hurts to see characters putting um LGBTQ people in these kind of positions of having to hide themselves. Mm-hmm. Um I think they handled it pretty well in mm-hmm. this movie um and it is it is people's experience you know that kind of thing having to having to hide yourself for the benefit of your partner is a thing and it sucks and i think they they do a really good job kind of showing um how that can how can, how that can affect people um, but also being a relatively light-hearted comedy um, Dan Levy
2: so them. good. Dan Levy was so good. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: He he he. I think this is my favorite thing I've ever seen him in. To be honest, uh, I usually am not <laughs> a huge Dan Levy guy, but I liked it a lot. That's a lot.
2: Very hot take. Um, I haven't seen a ton. Um, you haven't seen Schitt's Creek?
0: Nope. Neither have I. What? I think I saw like the first few episodes, and he's it's... not the highlight of the first few episodes. Oh, he.
2: He has his his key <laughs> episodes ke- come yeah. later. Um, such a good show, but we're not gonna talk about that. But um, yeah, he was great. I think it was awesome to have Den Levy. Like two, like there was. It was about um, a queer couple, lesbian couple, I believe. Um, maybe not. Maybe the other partner wasn't lesbian. Whatever. Two queer people, um, love. During the holidays, but I think also having Dan Levy also being the best friend, I feel like it was just nice to have three really important characters of support for each other, which is really great.
0: Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. I gave it a four.
2: So good, four.
0: So four? Yeah. I gave it a
1: three.
2: Yeah, I, can't, I saw
1: that. I can't reveal why I got a three without spoiling the movie. Gotcha. But I did have a good time. I had a really great time. There's just some aspects of it that I disagree with. Fair, fair yeah. enough. I was going to make a really bad joke, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what you've been watching. Sure is. Oriana, well, what you got? What you got on tap?
2: I'm um, not going to share too much more just because, you know, at some point we are going to have to, you know, go to sleep here. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched May December. Oh, shit. Um, should I read the logline? Yes, please. 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped The Nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do some research for a film about their past. Um, directed by Todd Haynes and starring uh, Charles Mountain, Natalie Portman, uh, Julianne Moore. So good. It was very, good. It was I haven't very watched, good. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I think I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. I think the ending left a little bit for me personally. I would have liked... You know, we have these two mega stars as almost the main characters of this film. But really, the whole film is about this man, Charles Melton, the young guy um, who was 13 when he got into this. I feel like I'm not really spoiling no, it's much. This is the plot. It's the mm-hmm. general plot. Um, 13, grade seven, when he got into this relationship with what I think she was maybe 36 years old at the time. Um, Julianne Moore's character. And you're following him almost 23 years later. I think he's now 36. I think they're kind of matched up. I think he's the age she was when she went with him. Um, And it's really about him. I think he's the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And it's really about him kind of working through what he went through. And I don't think you'd see him work through it, but you see him wanting to work through it or struggling to get past that uh, repression and... Julian Moore does an amazing job at a victim complex Shocker. for real. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Moore cries really well. Wow, <laughs> news. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was really phenomenal. I think uh, Natalie Portman, as always, loves playing really uh, complicated and um, dynamic characters, and that's definitely what she carries in this film as well. Very similar to some other roles she's done in that vein. Um, but yeah, I think I would have liked a little bit more think it's just such an uncomfortable and horrible story it's it's really hard to watch cinematography was beautiful all of the directing and character notes you know he would be seen like I can't even remember like for example he'd be seen like eating cereal or like something very childlike about him even as a 36 year old man and that's really important but yeah I think um I don't even know where I was going but yeah it was all really beautiful I just wish at the end we got a little bit more of a satisfying ending on his character's part, at least for me personally. I just Mm -hmm. felt like it's it's so hard to watch and it's hard to think that it's hard to watch and not have what you would hope is a happier ending for this character because of how horrible this is. And it's also based off a real life story, so. Yep. Yeah, but very good. Very good.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to
0: watching it. Yeah, standout
2: performances all around, honestly. Yeah. Sweet.
1: Nice. You didn't get a chance to watch that?
0: Didn't watch it, no. Definitely on the list,
1: though. All right. I'm going to breeze through the things that I watched. Uh, First up, sadly, uh, the inevitable finally happened, and my so-called best friend T-Bone made me watch a movie called Hillbillyology. (laughs) And it was this round's Manny Movie Club pick. It is a movie I've been actively avoiding. Nothing about this movie led me to believe that I would like it. And he finally forced his hand by using it as his pick for our movie club. And him and Mushy came over and we all watched it together. And it's not good. (laughs) Just like I thought it would be. Now, the thing that is good is Glenn Close did get an Oscar nomination for her performance in it. And I believe it also got a nomination for Best Makeup. But this movie, if I'm not mistaken, has like a 36 meta score and like a 2.7 on Letterboxd. So it is poorly reviewed, poorly received, and all of those people are fucking correct. Glenn Close is fucking superb. It's Absolutely close. superb in it. The makeup is unreal. And it really rings home on how well they do the makeup because at the end of the movie, this is based on a true story. It's based mm-hmm. on the memoirs of, of a person. You see actual footage of the people they're playing, and she is identical to this woman. It is fucking (laughs) awesome the story is told in two different timelines when the main character is a younger boy I think probably 13 or so and then when he is a young man mid 20s as he's finishing up uh, school at Yale um, to try and get into I think become a lawyer the actors playing the young JD and the old JD are borderline atrociously bad (laughs) <laughs> and that is the main problem with the movie. I don't give a fuck about either one of them, mm. and that's a problem when that's your main character. Now, the person that plays the older JD has an incredible voice, and he is completely wasted with this very poor... His name is Gabriel Basso. Very, very... I'm not going to... like. It borders on... Like I would give him a Razzie nomination for Worst Actor. Borders on it. Wow. I wouldn't give it to him, but I'm like, I just didn't care. I didn't care. His reactions to things going on seemed muted in when things are going on that would either have you enraged or breaking down in tears or anything like that. He just he couldn't carry it. And same with the young boy. Now, you, obviously, you're taking it's hit or miss with younger actors. I would probably say the actor's the young JD was probably in the film probably mid-teens most likely but again just couldn't carry the weight of what was needed and because of that the film lost me and it's not an actively bad movie it is a really great story Glenn Close I cannot heap enough praise on her and Amy Adams is above average not not above average for Amy Adams because she's very often spectacular but she's above average in this Uh, i found her i found her to be trying too hard to win an oscar in this role Mm -hmm. um as a and it's no spoiler as a drug addicted mother and i just Mm -hmm. i I just couldn't be not that i couldn't be bothered i'm just like you're trying too hard you're trying too hard it's a really a really nice role that had some potential but she's just trying too hard so not for me i gave it a two ouch yeah
2: (laughs) Uh, I just went on up. Letterboxd right now and yeah. one of our good friends. Because I was like, oh my God, yeah, I remember when this movie came out a few years ago. I remember mm-hmm. Amy Adams. Uh, all of the tra- like, A lot of the trailers had her in it, for sure. Um, uh, one of our friends uh, gave it a one and a half stars.
1: <laughs> Wes gave this a four. Whoa. Whoa. Just further cementing that Wes and I no longer agree on movies. <laughs> oh, okay, Hillbilly LG, two out of five. I don't need to go into much detail. Now, I did a Christmas movie double feature the other day. (gasps) Which ones? Don't hold your breath. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) These are movies that border on the, they're not Christmas movies. I like to say that they are. So I can discuss them both at the same time. These movies are Lethal Weapon and Die Hard.
2: Oh, I do think Die Hard is a Christmas movie.
1: You are one of my best friends. (laughs) Uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, I, I didn't even, oh, I'm I not even going to go into the log line of Hillbilly LG. Who cares? Fucking don't watch it. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Lethal weapon. Um, two newly paired cops who are complete opposites must put aside their differences in order to catch a gang of drug smugglers. Die Hard. For those of you that don't know Die Hard, go fuck yourself if you don't know Die Hard. A New York City police officer tries to save his estranged wife and several others taken hostage by terrorists during a Christmas party. At the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles, Die Hard is yet another reason why Wes and I don't agree. He doesn't think this is a very good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a great film. You're fucking right, it is. <laughs> uh, so I love both these movies. Um, Lethal Weapon for those that have problems with people that have problems in real life. It stars Mel Gibson. This is back in the uh, in the 80s. Before we realized that he was uh, an anti-Semite and uh, an incredibly horrible misogynist.
0: Good mix. Yes. Good mix. Yeah,
1: great. <laughs> and, and that's why, and as I like to quote my, my co-host Sam, uh, all-around good guy Mel Gibson. The, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the people, it's, it's not a, a great thing about me, but I can separate art from the artist. So sadly, one of my, f- an actor that I absolutely fucking adore is an absolute monster of a human being. And that's Kevin Spacey. Absolute monster of a human being. But when he's on film, he is mesmerizing and it breaks my heart. <laughs> Cause I'm like, we don't get to see the next 20 years of this man's incredible work because he is such an incredible piece of shit. Mel Gibson is incredibly charismatic and this is the movie that completely launched him into superstardom. He was uh, on his way up with the two Mad Max films he had done. Pro- three? I can't remember if Thunderdome came out before or after this. Uh, but the two Mad Max and Real Warrior came out before this, and then this took him to a whole other level. One of the things um, I love about Lethal Weapon is it is, while it is obviously just yet another buddy cop movie, what it really does is... We have um, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, the leads. Danny Glover being an African-American. They don't really play up the fact that he's African-American. This movie was not written with that character being an African-American. They just chose the best actor for it. And this movie's really nice because race doesn't really come too much into play. They make a couple m- m- remarks on it throughout the film, but their, their buddy cop stuff isn't, about, isn't similar to a lot of other ones where they're butting heads the whole time. These two kind of buttheads at the beginning work past it and then become best friends fairly quickly. Hmm. One of the things that makes this a Christmas movie is it is set during Christmas. The movie opens with a Christmas carol being played. Throughout the movie, people are always saying Merry Christmas to one another. There's a scene where these cops in a police station sing a Christmas carol, uh, a cappella. Uh, Christmas plays a big thing, and I think one of the other th- reasons that this movie means a lot to me at Christmas is that because it's Christmas, this isn't a spoiler. Did I say it right? In in the thing, uh, to no, they don't say it. It's not a spoiler, but Mel Gibson, um, is suicidal in this movie. He has lost his wife and he is not handling it well. There is an incredibly great, um, acting scene where he tries to, I guess, for I hate to use this word, summon the courage to kill himself. And it's just him and a gun trying to kill himself. It is, it is acting in this movie that doesn't deserve to be there and the sequel lethal weapon 2 has an incredible monologue from him where he i won't spoil anything where he talks about a pen where you're watching you're like what the fuck is this doing in this movie like this is a really great monologue and he's really acting um but one of the reasons i I was getting at with why this is a christmas movie is that it is known in the department that he is suicidal and he is forced to become partners with danny glover's um murtaugh and Murtaugh takes him in because it's Christmas. He realizes this man is lonely. He is all alone and takes him into his family because that's what you do at Christmas. And it's really sweet, and the movie is a lot of fun. The The main problems, it is mid to late 80s, so sadly there's a lot of homophobic humor. Not anything overly bad. There's definitely other, other movies I could point out that are horribly bad, but it definitely hints at a lot of some stuff like that. Other than that, it's a... It's a really good action film. What really carries this movie and the reason I like to watch it over and over again, the chemistry between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover is undeniable. It is an absolute joy to watch these two bounce off one another and have a lot of fun. There is um, there is an extended edition somewhere. It wasn't on the streaming I watched it. The only reason I mention it is they do, they have a couple scenes early on kind of showing you how kind of crazy – Mel Gibson's character is because he doesn't care if he dies and it kind of helps him sadly become a better cop because he's willing to take risks that you wouldn't normally but there is one scene that is cut from the original film it is um, so I have no problem spoiling it but there's a scene where a, uh, a guy has I think he has a couple kids hostage in an apartment and he is shooting a rifle down into a into a playground and so there's a bunch of kids hiding, and the cops are all you know, hiding behind things trying to get him off. And he walks right out into the open, and the guy tries to shoot him and can't miss because he's not – I think he's on drugs. And he, does, he doesn't flinch. He doesn't care. He just pulls out his gun, aims, waits for him to come out, and then shoots him from there. And it's, it's a really kind of harrowing scene to watch someone just walk into basically almost certain death without any care in the world and then ends up saving the day. Uh, so I really enjoy Lethal Weapon. Um, definitely recommend it. It's an easy four for me. I grew up watching this movie, so it carries a lot of nostalgia. I've watched this movie north of 30 to 40 times for sure. Die Hard, on the other hand, is a true masterpiece. This is an action film that changed cinema forever. It ushered in a new type of hero on screen. Prior to this, uh, you, I was growing up on Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. And the introduction to Bruce Willis as a normal looking guy who actually got hurt was something new and fresh but the main reason uh this movie is so iconic and so memorable is the late great alan rickman in in my opinion the greatest movie villain of all time not quite a hot take i know everybody likes to throw heath ledger's joker under there fine whatever he had previous material to work on Alan Rickman creates a brand new character out of thin air and it is absolutely undeniably fantastic. Every time I watch this, I just miss him more and more. I know a lot of people. I'm sure you guys probably know him mostly as Snape. Most likely. Yeah. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, not a hater, just never watched the movies, didn't read the books. So I have no attachment to Mm. them. We did review them for the podcast. Don't listen. You'll hate me even more. Uh, Die Hard is uh, an action masterpiece. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. I think I have it in my top ten of all time. It's a movie I can put on at any time and absolutely enjoy it. Watching the movie back-to-back just filled me with Christmas glee and allowed me to move on to other Christmas movies, which I'll get into now. My next movie I watched is – I would almost list it as a guilty pleasure. It's a movie called The Family Stone an uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend who is eccentric, eccentric, <laughs> nailed it, not really, an outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration and finds that she's a fish out of water in their free-spirited way of life. This movie, spoiler alert, it's a 5 out of 5 for me. I will not recommend it for, for people. The reason being is this is a complete feel movie. If you can buy into the chemistry that the actors have together as that family and enjoy the humor that is presented, as well as the – I won't even lie, and it's not a spoiler. It's a minor spoiler. I won't spoil what it is. It is deeply crushing, and I cry every single time. The movie is about Christmas. It is set at Christmas. It is about a family coming together and trying to – Deal with some of the ramifications of their parents getting older. The cast is undeniably fantastic, with Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson as the parents. Craig T. Nelson is my—I'm gonna cry. Craig T. Nelson is my favorite part of this. But I am gonna cry. Hold on. <laughs> he's my favorite. He's my favorite part of the movie. He is—he's—he is only supporting character, but he is the anchor that holds this movie together. It might be his voice. Oh, Just hold on. Barely hold on to these tears. He's the anchor that holds this movie together. Um, he makes me laugh with his reactions. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> also has Sarah, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, Dermot Mulroney. Um, not the Wilson brother. That's not Owen, is it? Oh, Luke. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. Um, I, I kept wanting to call him Ben, but that's his character's name. <laughs> I <love them> both. <laughs> uh, Rachel McAdams uh, and uh, Claire Danes round out mm. the most – yeah, those are, the, all, those are all the well-known That's actors. That's a great cast. Yeah, yeah. it is.
2: Oh, I like that. I want to watch this movie.
1: It is on, it is on Disney+. Plus. <gasps> Perfect. Okay. Uh, I would l- – like, if anybody's – you know, talking about that cast, if anybody's interested in watching it, I would love for you to watch it. While I say it's a 5 out of 5, I, it's a 5 out of 5 because of my enjoyment mm. that I get from the joy it brings me to see these characters play off one another and the way it makes me feel. It is not a five out of five film. It is adequately made. There's no, I don't think there's any. Mm, there's maybe one borderline bad performance, but not from anybody. People I act, I mentioned, all those are great actors. They're fucking great in it. They're above the material that they're in. What I what I just love is the way that this movie makes me feel. And I watch it every year at Christmas, usually Aww. two or three times. And I love, that. I love how. Happy it makes me, and I love how much it makes me cry. And it makes me cry for both good and bad reasons. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, God. <laughs> Talking about making me cry. I think it is the perfect movie for me. I'm a very sentimental person, and this movie is completely littered with sentimentality. And so that's why Steven Spielberg is one of my favorite filmmakers, because he is incredibly sentimental. Um, so, yeah, Family Stone... If you want to give a new Christmas movie a chance, please give this one a chance. Just again, it's my 5 out of 5. <laughs> it's not a 5 out of 5 film. So, if you guys end up watching it, please let me know. I would love to hear your opinions on it. Absolutely. It's on the watch list now. Cool. Sure. Oh, I want to watch it. The last movie I want to talk about, so you know not sentimentality mentality, is Steven Spielberg. It is a mm-hmm. movie of his that I absolutely fucking love, but is widely considered one of his worst. Which one? The movie's called Always.
2: Oh, I never watched it.
1: Um... The spirit of a recently deceased expert pilot mentors a newer pilot while watching him fall in love with the girlfriend that he left behind. That is exactly what this movie is. This is Richard Dreyfuss, John Goodman, and Holly Hunter. Those three alone have such incredible chemistry that every time I watch it, I'm crying within the first 15 minutes of the movie because I know what's coming. Mm. And it just reminds me of several types of friendships that I've had i'm you've listened to the podcast numerous times you barely know me but any movie that really accentuates uh male friendship hits me hard yeah hits me really hard and the chemistry between oh god i'm gonna cry about this one too john goodman and richard Dreyfus, um they have this really great fr- <laughs> i am gonna cry <sighs> they have this really great friendship on screen and it's so believable, it just reminds me a lot of the incredible friendships I've had throughout my life. You throw in Holly Hunter, and the three of them have this incredible relationship between the three of them. John, It's between Richard Dreyfus and Holly Hunter, who are madly in love with one another in the best way that couples should be. In that they love each other, but they have no problem calling each other out on their shit. They can have fun with each other by making fun of one another without either one getting angry or offended. It is a true friendship and relationship of 50-50. And John Goodman is the best friend who isn't threatened. or like Richard Dreyfus isn't threatened by Holly Hunter and John Goodman having this deep friendship. It is a perfect three-way relationship between people. And that really means a lot to me because I've had that and have continued to have that throughout my life. And so seeing it on screen means the world to me. The reason that this movie is so lowly ranked is because the fourth person in this movie who is very important to making this movie work is atrociously bad. It is most likely the worst acting performance in any Steven Spielberg film I've ever seen. Whoa. Yeah, he is horrible. Who, what is, makes it? It, who is it? What makes it uh, the actor's name is Brad Johnson so familiar. Yeah, you he's horrible. Um <laughs> he What makes it even worse is knowing who Spielberg tried to get in that role. So, I'm not spoiling anything. They said it in the in the logline. Richard Dreyfuss is a firefighter of, of the guys that drop the water on on things. He dies and then he is brought back to be the mentor to this new guy. This new guy falls in love with his I, you want to say widow, but they were never married. Is So he has to watch this young guy who he's supposed to mentor try and who is falling in love with the girl that he was in love with. Brad Johnson is actively bad. The person that Spielberg tried to get in that role is Tom Cruise. And when you watch this movie, knowing that that should have been Tom Cruise, all you're watching is you're like, this movie would be perfect with Tom Cruise in it. But Brad Johnson is so bad in it that he honestly at times takes you completely out of the movie because there's no way shape or form that you believe holly hunter's character would fall for this fucking loser at all especially when you see what she had with richard Dreyfus, you're like that makes no sense he has no charisma no charm he is an attractive man but that's not enough because i don't want to throw shade richard Dreyfus isn't attractive <laughs> he is an average looking guy the way he treats Holly Hunter and the, the chemistry they have make it apparent why they fell in love. And for her to fall in love with this guy because he's a hunk makes no sense at all. Now, Tom Cruise, at that in the late 80s, super fucking hot and incredibly charismatic. So it would have been believable. It's not in this one. But for me, it doesn't take me out because the three of them, Goodman, Dreyfus, and Hunter, are so great together, I can let go of what Brad Johnson does to bring this movie down and it's Spielberg. So it's super sentimental, super sappy. It gets me every
0: time. I fucking love the movie. It's a four out of five for me. It sounds like a good concept. I, that does hurt hearing about Tom Cruise. It it hurts really bad. Like if you, I've
1: always enjoyed the movie (laughs) (laughs) since I saw it. And I can't remember when I decided to look into, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. And when I learned that Tom Cruise was supposed to be in it, I was just like, Oh, (laughs) it hurts so bad. Like it would be so good, but yeah, he's bad. He's really bad in it. Like, I can't stress that enough. (laughs) So bad, (laughs) but, um, my love and appreciation for the other three are what elevate, um, that movie for me. It allows me to let go of that bad performance, despite how integral it is to the rest of the movie. But, um, also if, I don't know how much uh, experience you guys have with Richard Dreyfuss as an actor. Um, He hasn't really done much in the last basically 15 years that much. So, but in the, in the eighties, he was obviously he was in Jaws, one of my all time favorite movies and, and this and another movie I love in the nineties called Mr. Holmes' opus. So he's an actor I've always enjoyed. So yeah, always it's for me. Hmm. All right. That wraps up what we've been watching and this episode of real talk what do we have coming next is Con Air a movie that the three of us will be reviewing quite shortly Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes if you give us a five star rating and a positive review it does increase the profile of our podcast allows more people to find us which we greatly appreciate you can also give us a rating on Spotify which we would love as well and if you're on Spotify you can answer our weekly question which I will promise you I'll read on air as I showed today with Jordan thank you Jordan you can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Letterboxd. You can follow me at Manny42, Kyle Robertson. Kyle Robertson. And?
2: Ariana DiNucci.
1: Nice. You can follow us on Letterboxd, which is not a sponsor, but
0: easily the greatest app I have ever downloaded. And now owned by a <laughs> Vancouver Company. That's right. It's now Canadian owned.
1: That's Hell so yeah. exciting. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, that's it for Real Talk. For the Samuel Emanuel Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. I'm Kyle Robertson.
2: I'm Oriana DiNucci. Adios!